You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, joined by Mr. Daniel Miller. Today in our car ride's worth of content, we're going to talk about making your program the best night of the week for students. But before we jump in, I want to know, what are you loving, Daniel? Allie, I love our sound techs. So most churches, I don't think, have this pleasure, but we have these sound techs. Jeremy is the best of them, the one that we work with the most. They're all great, but um, Jeremy sets up everything for us to do this podcast. Yep. He runs sound for us on Sundays, and we have them uh, run our student program sound as well. And they're just great. Awesome. So valuable to have sound. It's like a magical fairy, too. We just walk in, and it's all set up. Didn't even see him. Didn't even acknowledge it. He's just like, you're all set. It's here waiting for you. I feel like sound's one of those things most of us think that we know about, but we don't really know anything about it. He actually has training in it. Yeah. I think he has a degree in sound. Oh, wow. Sound tech. Yeah. Um, But it's one of those things like you don't want to have to think about. If you're thinking about sound, that means something's going wrong. Mm -hmm. So just make sure nothing goes wrong. Uh, Get yourself a Jeremy and nothing will go wrong. That's right. (laughs) Shout out to Jeremy. I'm also shouting out a person as what I'm loving right now, but I want to shout out Marianne one of our volunteer leaders for student ministry. She's so great. She is awesome, and she has such a heart for student ministry. She's so willing to do anything to help me and all of us when we're stressed out. We call her when we're overwhelmed. We call her when we need someone to throw a party. We call her. She is just awesome. So that is what I'm loving right now. I'm loving Marianne. Now, Daniel... I'm going to speak for both of us here. We aren't that cool. Well, is that fair I, to say? Uh, okay, I guess that's Come true. Come on. We're, we're not that cool. I <laughs> Maybe mean, when I was your age, I was cool, but not anymore. <laughs> Maybe when I was the student's age, I was cool, but not anymore. <laughs> I, I don't understand TikTok and the fact that TV is out and YouTube is in. TikTok, is that a musical artist? That, you know what TikTok <laughs> is, don't you? They talk about it all the time, this dancing app or something i don't short videos get it yeah super short i don't get it all i don't get um a lot of the things that the teens do but Mm. i really don't get snapchat i never have i don't understand why other than bad reasons you would want videos that you make or pictures or anything to disappear yeah i don't get it very true very true i mean we have our cool moments sometimes but if we're honest, our students have a lot more cooler friends and things they would want to do than hang out with us. So with that truth, how in the world can we create their best night of the week? Uh, we may not understand or know everything teens like, but that just means we need to work even harder to create that best night. And that starts with who we're trying to create it for. So we're going to speak about Timmy's perspective today, our Timonium Timmy. If you haven't heard about him, you can jump back to episode 14 and get to know him. We talk all about who Timmy is. When our students get to Sunday afternoon, they're likely thinking about the upcoming week. It's the end of the weekend. They've been playing sports and studying for tests, and they're focused on the big game or big test or big whatever event is coming up in the week. Many are feeling 
pressure to perform from parents and teachers and peers or themselves. Some come straight from sports or activities, still in their uniform, still sweaty, haven't eaten dinner. We often see teens walk into church wearing all that stuff, the sweaty uniforms, the muddy uniforms. And when they do, our student programs should highlight, be the highlight of their week, a chance to let down their guard, to be refreshed and to receive God's truth and be equipped for their everyday battles and the battles they're about to face in the week to come. We want to make sure our student programs are the best night of the week. So how do we accomplish that? We'll tell you our strategy over the next few weeks. We're going to break it down one part at a time. And this week, we'll begin by talking about what we do to create a common emotion. We want to take our teens on a journey throughout the night so that they're feeling the same thing. That's what we mean when we say a common emotion. So when our program Uprising, which is our high school program, or also the name of this podcast, but it's the name of our high school program, (laughs) Uprising, or Resurrection, our middle school program begins, we have a five-minute countdown video. And this is the same every week, so it's a cue for them. They recognize it as soon as the music from the video begins, and it's their cue to wrap up whatever they're doing and make their way into the theater. And really, even before that, we've tried to create a common emotion by... Um, having fun with them. We have food, we have games and different activities as they come in. Music is playing and music has a lot of power to create an environment for them. And we'll talk about that a little bit in an upcoming episode as well. But from the moment that they walk into the theater, we want to encourage teens to be part of the community, to sit with their small group. And we'll have games that often require them to compete as small groups and their small group leader are asked to sit with their teens, gather with them, direct them. And we're still working on this, but that's our intention. And some of our leaders are more adept at this than others. But one thing that we always want to avoid is having leaders lining the back of the room. Oh, it's a pet peeve of oh, ours. I know. And we have to tell leaders Love about it all the it. time. But that's what adults will tend to do. They will hesitate to sit with teens Um, So we gently remind our leaders to sit among the teens, um, especially if they separate themselves. And some of our leaders are even coming in late, and it's easier to stand at the back of the room Mm -hmm, when you come in late. mm -hmm. But we encourage them to go and and find a seat. In the first part of our program, come in, it's a quick welcome, announcements, a game. We pray, and then we get worship from our student band. And through the order of these, and the order of these can vary but they all have the same goal in mind. That whole opening portion of our program is to get all our teens dancing or singing or laughing or crying or gasping. They're all sharing some kind of common emotion, and that's a win for this opening portion of the night. So we're going to break down our strategy here for each part of this opening sequence, and the first is the MC for the night. It's usually a member of our staff, and they bring high energy for the welcome and quiets the crowd down, which isn't always easy with a room full of teens, but kind of gets their focus in. We're not afraid as an MC to demand attention by waiting silently. That's always like the teacher move, right? Don't you remember your teachers doing mm-hmm. that in school, just sitting there and then suddenly Staring you're like, everyone oh my, down. Shh, shh, everyone, everyone, shh, she's looking at us. <laughs> Such a good move, right? And sometimes you have to do that because it's Those teens are chatty, especially when they're energetic and talking and catching up, haven't seen each other, stories from the weekend. But we need to demand that attention and respect of everyone in the room. 
but we also kind of play it by ear depending on what kind of mood is in the room and what we're saying and what we're about to intro. Yeah, we can live with that energy and kind of the the low hum if we're doing something that's really fun and energetic and but if we need to make an announcement that's really important and we need them to hear you got to quiet them down a little bit more and as we do the announcements we keep those really brief and limited and we keep it to ones that are apply only to the entire group so any more than two or three really even two any more Mm -hmm. than two the teens will start to tune out and anything we try to be really careful with the language that we use because we'll lose Timmy quickly. Remember, Timmy um, is somebody that's not real accustomed to church. So if we say things that are real churchy, so mm. for instance, we make a, an announcement that say, oh, we're off next week for the Triduum, and we don't explain <laughs> what the Triduum is, Timmy, who may go to church pretty sporadically, has no idea what that is. Even if Timmy's a regular churchgoer, he may not know what the Triduum is. So just be careful about churchy language. It's not to say that you can't use it, but if you do, you need to define it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then we have our games, which is something that we will admit we haven't mastered. We sometimes mess it up. We sometimes hit it spot on. It's kind of a luck of the draw for us. We're not great at it always, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that in an upcoming episode when we cover how to have fun. But after the game, either at the beginning or at the end um, of our kind of intro time, our student band plays a worship song. And if it's at the beginning, we want it to be high energy. We want it to be fun gathering everyone in the theater together, getting the energy up. We'd love to see the clapping and the dancing and the singing along. That's a win for us because it's a common emotion we're creating, them together having fun worshiping. Um, we're not afraid to use secular music if that's the case. I mean, songs like Don't Stop Believin' gets the crowd going, gets any crowd going, any generation. And I love to see that. They just love that song. So playing things like that, it gets them together. Even in the hallway if that song plays. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the student band playing it. It can just be on whatever your sound system is. They love it. You should try it sometime. So if the music comes at the end of this opening stanza, the part of our night, it's probably going to be more prayerful. So we'll use music on either side of the message that we're giving for the night, and we're going to talk about messages in a lot more depth in a couple of upcoming episodes. But if music is played on the other side of the message, it's going to be a little bit more prayerful. Um, We also will pray at the beginning of our time together, just an opening prayer. And that's a great tactic for getting everybody kind of quieted down. That's the one time if you say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) that's the one time we could really get them quiet. And typically our opening prayer is just a spontaneous prayer from the MC um, for the night. It's great if the MC can um, invoke the Holy Spirit or, or lead into the music for the night. Our band will often play what we call a bed of music. So that's light strumming on the chords on a guitar or a couple of notes on the keyboard um, while the MC prays. Um, it just adds this kind of atmospheric background and leads into the music. Transitions are really, 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 really important for this part of the night because if there's a lag in any of the transitions between anything, you will lose the audience very quickly. Um, so we try to limit everything pretty much to a very short period of time. Like this opening prayer is 30 to 60 seconds, and we keep everything moving from thing to thing to thing um, as we go along. Yeah, absolutely. So what's a win? From that's our whole 
opening kind of strategy there, the things we implement, and where have you seen a win, Daniel, with this? Well, as we lay this groundwork for the night and we we try to get it to the point where we can really open a teen's heart and mind to hearing these timeless truths that we want to share in a relevant way. And um, this year we had a young man who was in confirmation and um, his sister actually came up to me about halfway through the year. And she's a little bit older in her early 20s. And I just, I didn't know her at all. I didn't even know this young man very well. But she started telling me about him one Sunday morning. And she said he was not uh, into his faith at all, really wasn't a a church-going teen, did confirmation very hesitantly and under, um, you know, his parents kind of forcing him to come. And he fell in love with his faith again through his journey with Uprising in particular, but with our retreat as well. Um, she said it was this transformation. She started crying when she was telling me this oh about gosh, her brother. That's so awesome. Um, and he just loves coming every week and being part of the community. And um, I think it just set a stage for him in some way where um, God was working on him. Oh, that is an absolute win. That's awesome. So we've hopefully at this point taken our teens on a journey we welcomed them we laughed or sang or cried whatever the emotion was with them we sang with them and prayed with them so the groundwork is laid to share with them the timeless truths of our faith in a way that will speak to their hearts and that's going to be continued in our next episode when we talk about creating an irresistible environment so thank you so much for joining us today on uprising we love you guys and we'll see you next time